You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, everyone. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz. Thanks for tuning in once again. Joined by Jordan Bastion, and we are talking Tribe. And, JB, uh, a little bit of news this week in the bullpen for the Indians. Uh, minor league deal for Craig Stammen. He missed uh, basically all of 2015 uh, with a torn right flexor tendon. What's the uh, – uh, give me the, the thought process behind this signing. Does this guy have the stamina? Cool. Help the bullpen. Thank you. Sorry. Oh, man. Dad jokes right out of the gate. Man. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I think this is kind of goes along the lines of the Java Chamberlain edition, and they brought in some veteran lefties to look after the bullpen, Gorzolani, uh, Detweiler, um, Thatcher. You know, and they're just trying to build up a bunch of experience and depth for a bullpen that has a handful of vacancies right now. I mean, I think right now you pencil in Cody Allen, uh, Brian Shaw, Zach McAllister, and Jeff Manship, based on what he did last year. Beyond that, it's kind of you know wide open. You got some forty-man roster guys in the mix, like Kyle Crockett and Dan Otero, who was acquired this winter as well. But you know, you bring in some guys on minor league deals like this, and you know, it really boosts that depth. And the Indians have shown over the last few seasons, especially under Terry Francona, that. Uh, seems like one or two of these guys always makes the club, um, and I think that probably makes it attractive for those relievers to come to Cleveland you know, and feel like they're actually competing for a spot uh, as opposed to just being considered minor league depth. But yeah, I think it's, with Stammen, it makes sense. Yeah, he missed the full season, but he was very effective in the three years prior to that and spent his whole career in the Nationals organization and uh, you know, has that sinker and slider mix and can be pretty effective out there in the bullpen, so... Makes sense as a, a low-risk, high-reward type deal. Well, Stammen, uh, he's a, as good a, a transition point as any for us to get into our off-season review here because uh, that's kind of what the off-season has been for the Indians. They have taken some low-risk uh, opportunities here, uh, guys who might be primed for, for bounce backs or just uh, more sustained success in 2016 than they had in 2015. JP, I was saying to somebody the other day, uh, how old's your daughter now? Two. Right. Now, is she into Frozen? Uh, my son was a couple years ago. <laughs> oh, okay. Because uh, my one-year-old is already, like, it's like the one thing to calm her down is Frozen. And there's a song in there, he's a bit of a fixer-upper. You know that one? Oh, yeah. That's pretty much, you know, when the Indians sign a guy, <laughs> that's what it said. Uh, guys who are a little bit of a fixer-upper, Stammen included, um... Of course, the the big ads for the offense, uh, Rajay Davis and Mike Napoli. Uh, Napoli, of course, uh, came into 2015 uh, having had this com- complicated, is, is a nice way of putting it, surgery uh, to cure his sleep apnea. Uh, that basically break his jaw and, and, and get in there and rearrange things. So that sounded uncomfortable. So you could understand why he got off to a, <laughs> a bit of a slow start in Boston last year. Finished strong in Texas. 
Um, but those two guys, take them in, in conjunction. I mean, that was obviously uh, those are the Indians' two big gifts when it comes to uh, you know trying to find new fits here in this offense. Yeah, and you know, and for all the fans who want them to go spend two hundred million dollars, I mean, let it go, right? Oh, we're sticking with geez, the program. We are, we are on fire today. Oh man, you know, you're right. Those are the big additions. I think you know, big is the loose word being used loosely here. Uh, I think it goes to you know the Indians believe they have their core group um, in place. You know the guys that are going to be their most impactful players are the guys that are young and have been locked up to those uh, you know team friendly extensions, buying out arbitration years and some of their early free agent seasons, and obviously the starting rotation. And um, you know from talking to manager Terry Francona at Tribe Fest when he was here recently. You know, I, yeah, they they would have loved to go out and get a big power bat, and, you know, if they had the ability to spend that type of money. Um, but he said the way he would obviously prefer to play would be to keep that rotation together, which they did, which I thought was their biggest move of the offseason, was not trading one of those guys. And, you know, counting on that pitching staff and the improved defense on keeping this team in each and every game, which is going to have to be the formula for this team to win. But, you know, he said he'd rather do it that way than – trade from that staff and, you know, try and bring in a guy. And but next thing you know, you're in a lot of slugfest throughout the year, and that, that's just draining the team um, in a variety of ways. So, you know, in that regard, when you're taking the whole picture, which is having that realistic view of what the Indians can do financially and also looking at the makeup of their roster, you know, I thought given all those circumstances, this was a, a pretty um, – pretty good offseason. I wouldn't say it was an outstanding offseason. I wouldn't say it was a terrible one. I just think they found some holes and they found some guys that if they're healthy and if they can, you know, live up to the type of platoon splits that they have and all, and do the defense that they've been doing in the past, you know, this has the, the makeup of a roster that can contend in this division, especially with that pitching staff. So, again, not an offseason that's going to blow anyone out of the water, steal any national headlines. Um, but I thought it was effective in the, the way that they solved some of their holes and given the makeup of the core that they already had in place. Well, there are still some corners of the Internet where people are still proposing uh, uh, trade ideas involving members of the Indians rotation, and that's just the way it is when you have uh, uh, guys who can help a lot of clubs. But uh, that that decision to stick with those guys, how much of that do you think was driven by the way the market played out this winter? Yeah, I think that played a huge role into it. And, you know, I think you also saw some of the trades that happened, too. Um, Shelby Miller trade, you know, among them, you saw what type of talent exchanged hands and and that type of deal. I think when the Indians could see even that trade market, you know, what the asking price was in terms of prospects, that only helped the Indians ask for more in their talks with teams and be willing not to settle for a deal but say, hey, you know, we're content on sticking with this rotation and contending unless you really blow us out of the water, and I just don't think teams were willing to do that. But, yeah, I mean, I think when you look at the fact that the entire rotation, um, the projected rotation for opening day, is going to make right around or a little under $15 million combined, uh, that's pretty impressive when you consider the annual salaries going out to some of these free agents on the open market. Yeah, you just you wonder if that maybe that puts them in a better position if 
uh, if they are in the hunt midseason and, and there is an opportunity there to add somebody, I'm not saying some gigantic contract of, of long-term proportions, but as, you know, to add a little money um, because that rotation is their biggest strength, not just in how it performs, but the efficiency it brings to the roster in general and, and the payroll situation. So, uh, but yeah, that's a future concern. First, you got to uh, have a contending team. Contending team needs depth. Let's talk about the depth moves. And uh, the biggest one is Colin Cowgill. Um, obviously, more of a, a defensive presence uh, for the outfield, but but that was a guy uh, that they seem to like a lot from a depth. Uh, excuse me, from a depth depth perspective. Well, that's hard to. I don't think I've ever had to say depth perspective. <laughs> I've had to write. Yeah. I've never had to say it out loud. Yeah, you know, and uh, I think you're right. That's another one again. That's didn't really move the needle, but when you look at what he brings, you know, they kind of identified um, sort of a deficiency, which is, you know, if you're going to run Lonnie Chisholm out there every single day, you know, he's kind of exposed a little bit if he's playing against left-handed pitching on a regular basis. So you bring in a guy like Cal Gill who can play all three spots and can maybe serve as sort of that platoon option uh, to counter those side of the splits for Chisholm you know, and obviously there's some concern about Abraham Almonte. They really like him batting from the left side. He's a switch hitter, but his numbers from the right side aren't as, aren't as strong. So, you know, they bring in, you know, Roger Davis and uh, Joey Butler and some of these guys to sort of help offset some of that. And they're hoping that they're not dealing with these scenarios in the long term. You know, they're hoping Michael Brantley can get back pretty quick and kind of fill one of those spots on an everyday basis. But, yeah, I think, again, as far as depth goes, I think they – did well in sort of planning ahead and, and uh, account, you know, accounting for a variety of scenarios. You know, one scenario I, I got to tell you that, that I would not have envisioned and I was just stunned by was the decision to eat the contract of Chris Johnson. And I say that not stunned from a baseball perspective because it made all the sense of the world from a baseball perspective. From, from the business side, uh, they still owe Johnson, what, $17.5 million? Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's not a move we typically see a team like the Indians make, uh, you talk about fixer uppers. I mean, there's, there's a big one, but, uh, you got to admire that they made a purely baseball decision, you know, finances be damned. Yeah. And it's interesting because with what they're paying, uh, Mike Napoli and what they're still paying Chris Johnson, it's almost like they doubled down, um, on the salary in order to replace Johnson with Napoli. And that shows you, what they think of Napoli, what they think he can do, and, and how much better they think he could be than Chris Johnson, who did look like a sort of platoon-type option and maybe best at first base, not really anywhere else you could run him. Uh, and they felt Mike Napoli gave him a lot more, especially in the power department. But, yeah, I, I think when you're – especially, as we've mentioned, you know, ad nauseum, just the financial restrictions that this team has – you know, that's not a move we've typically seen them make. Usually if they're committed to a guy in that kind of salary, they're committed to that guy and running him out there and seeing what they can max in terms of his production. This is a case where they, yeah, made a purely baseball move, and I think it was smart on their side just because, you know, they felt that way about Napoli. They think he's going to be that much better and willing to take that risk. When do you land in Phoenix, JB? I will be arriving February 15th couple days ahead of pitchers and catchers reporting so I can get to the grocery store, get settled in, and find the fields again and, you know, get used to that Arizona sun for six weeks. 
there's worse fates in life. There are worse fates in life for sure. Uh, yeah, the Indians open camp pitchers and catchers report on February 17th. Full squad on February 21st. I want to thank Jordan Bastian for joining us. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Cleveland Indians edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.